When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. There's Scott Robbins. That's David Van Camp. Okay, let's get some of the bad news out of the way. All right? Yeah. Prices are not going down. No. And this is what? Another key inflation gauge? Yeah, hitting a 40-year high. The personal consumption price index, that's one of the favorite gauges for inflation, has had the largest year-over-year rise since 1982. 6.4% jump from February 2021 to this past February Ton of demand, not as much supply, and since Biden continued to flood the market with cash, it's only getting worse. And here's the good news. If you're trying to go half, uh, glass half full here, mm-hmm. actually what we're seeing here today is the good news. Okay? Whoa. Because, well, most of February did not take into account the economic effects of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It will get worse. Oh. It's going to get worse. And I, I kind of feel like I'm in the mood for some mean tweets right now. No one said that. Who said that? Yeah. A lot of people that actually voted for you because they were tired of the mean tweets. We've seen that in the different polling. There are a lot of people that say, oh, my gosh, I didn't know it was going to be like this. I wish I would have voted for Trump. Bring on the mean tweets. Again, That's- I'm still looking for a metric, one metric, <laughs> just One. One. Well, I just told you what it was. Less mean tweets. Okay. That's Come not, on, man. Yeah. That's not a measurable metric. <laughs> year over I, year, mean tweets have plummeted. Yes. See? That's what a lot of people were hoping for, and they got it. And CNN's Brian Stelter has only had to cry three times. Yeah, see, that's down, too. It's up to ten. Okay. All, All right, right. Two things. All right, good. All right. And then let's just get right to it. Why Van Camp is really upset today. More than... Oh. Most people, when it comes to these prices, is because there's a certain product that's really going to go through the roof. Yeah, meat. Yeah. yeah. Mainly when you're talking about chicken. Yeah. Chicken breast reaching as high as 70% increase year over year in the first half of this year. Pork mm-hmm. and ground beef could climb as high as 20% year over year during the same period. That's I mean, right. I mean, the one good news is that pricier cuts like steak are expected to level off or even drop a little bit. 
uh, as people shift their buying patterns to more affordable products because, well, people don't have as much money, and your money doesn't go as far as it did. <laughs> I, I remember clearly Vice President Mike Pence being mocked for saying, we're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris take America's meat. Jamaica. No, that's Kamala. No. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. Yeah, but they did. I think the biggest takeaway from Pence saying that at the time was he didn't say her name correctly. Right. It's misogynistic and it's racist. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Well, they haven't taken the meat. They just priced it through the roof, so you can't afford it. Right, exactly. That's why you have geniuses at places like, what was it Bloomberg or Forbes or whatever? Yeah, yeah, man, just eat less and eat lentils. Right. Here's the thing, man. With all of the costs going up, and, of course, food's a big part of it, I think you've seen the stat where the average family, from year to year, all the products that you buy are going to cost you over $5,000 more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it adds up to. For a lot of people, you can say, yeah, well, I'm, I'm doing a little better now. I'm making more money, but the price of everything has outweighed it. I'm behind from where I was before. And, of course, that's the problem. Well, but we, I don't see legacy media talking about that. Well, we have a situation right now in the same report where wages increase by nearly a full percentage point. Great news. Mm-hmm. But when inflation wipes it out and then some, golly, man, these people are incompetent. Seven percent, nine percent depends on the product. Some is way higher than that. Chicken seventy percent, seventy percent. I mean Van Camp, who's the griller, the big griller of he the is. three of us here. A lot of quail thrown on the grill this year. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm gonna <laughs> yummy. Take, take, take my dad's little twenty two out to the woods and get some squirrels. Yeah, pan fry some quail. Can you squirrels. grill lentils? I, I don't know. You're asking me. Yeah. Are you kidding? You are the foodie, man. You're the grill guy. I'm going to just mash together lentils and make it look (laughs) like a steak and throw it on the grill. Give that to your guests. You get the meat. Okay, so with all of this going on, and we know what caused a lot of this inflation, flooding the whole market with cash, giving people money. But the White House has an answer to the problem. You know what it is? Give them more money. More money. Yes. People are idiots. Yeah, the White House is asking for more what they call COVID relief money. Even though Congress has already spent trillions of dollars and we're looking at historic levels of fraud right now, we don't know what the true number of pandemic relief fraud really comes out to. And we won't know for quite some time. Hell, we may never know. But the Biden administration is is just like, okay, whatever, we'll pass another trillion or whatever. Because it's just money after all. White House spokeswoman Kate Bedingfield was asked whether or not Biden is aware that people might be a little skeptical right now of the need to push out more money. Hmm. I think taxpayers want to be prepared uh, for the virus, and they want to make sure that we have the resources that we need to keep them safe, and that's what this administration is focused on. Wait a second. Is that clip from a year and a half ago? What is this from? That's from yesterday. We played just part of that again? I think taxpayers want to be prepared uh, for the virus. What virus? What's she talking about? I, I don't know. Well, COVID, I, I believe. I guess. It's coming back. I don't even know what that means. I thought Joe just said yesterday, you know, we're pretty much beyond it as far as COVID goes. I mean, I'm getting my other shot, but, I mean, we're living without it now. COVID, we've moved on. 
But that's a completely different message. I guess that's just par for the course mm-hmm. when you're talking about spokespeople for the president and he himself and what he says. It doesn't match all the time. But that just doesn't seem to make much sense. Speaking of not making much sense, uh, Kamala is back in the news. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I feel like this is a special treat. It's a Hall of Famer here. I've, I've done this on purpose. I've waited to hear it. Oh, you haven't heard time. this? No. Oh, gosh. As soon as David said, did you hear it? And I said, no. Yeah. I haven't heard this yet. We decided we'll just wait and then play it, and I'll hear it for the first time on the show. All right. Okay. Yeah, so Kamala Harris, Vice President Fortune Cookie, met with officials from Jamaica and announced that, well, we're sending more money their way to rebuild after the pandemic. And and <laughs> and listen to these wise words from Kamala Harris. Okay. For Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. Holy mackerel! <laughs> it's, it's, it's Vice President Predictive Text, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay. I got so many thoughts in my head. The first being, we've heard a lot about the 25th Amendment in the last week because Joe Biden obviously is not all there. And then that's your next option. Yes. Okay. So there's that thought. There's also the thought of that has to be off script. No one could write that. No. And she has to be aware, right? Of what she gets criticized for, which is this kind of nonsense coming out of her mouth. Always. I mean, and to go down down this road again, seriously, I'm almost speechless. You do that again after other things like... It's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet. Based on what we've just been able to see and because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. What? (laughs) No, no. Or that time we went root causes seven times in 30 seconds? What we must do to address the root causes of migration, to address the root causes. The issue of root causes (laughs) is not going to be solved in one trip. To address the root causes as though it's something that can be dealt with overnight. To feel the effects of those root causes on our shores. And the root causes are based on the problems and the challenges that people are facing in countries like Guatemala, which is why I was there. We have to address the root causes. Uh, It doesn't take a genius. It doesn't take a high school student to understand the root freaking causes of why people want to come here. Oh, my goodness. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Uh Uh-huh. And freedom's a great thing, yeah. Freedom! Right. After after all of that. Then we get this. Okay, this is only 26 seconds. It's worth hearing again. Yeah, it is. To Jamaica. For Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. (laughs) 
So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery oh efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. I mean, uh. to the student that has to use the thousand words in the essay, that's just trying to put words in that aren't necessary, they laugh at that. That's really something. All right, more on that later. Um, oh, Chris Rock was back last night. The Today Show coverage, unintentionally funny. You got to hear that coming up. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay. So the Hillary Clinton campaign has been fined, David. Yeah. Well, for illegally financing the Steele dossier, the whole Golden Showers thing. Well, this took a while, but finally it's happened. Yeah, remember when this was just like a right-wing conspiracy theory, right? Oh, these people, no, the Clinton campaign didn't pay for this dossier. It was based... On the words of a respected retired spy who was doing this out of the goodness of his heart to try to save America from Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) The the Federal Election Commission has fined Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign and the DNC for lying about funding this discredited dossier. The FEC said Clinton and the DNC violated strict rules on describing expenditures of payments funneled to opposition research, the firm Fusion GPS, uh, through their law firm. Basically, they they laundered the money through a law firm, which then turned around and wrote a check uh, to get this Steele dossier put together. They said, hey, look, uh, we're going to find you. I mean, it's it's eight thousand dollars and $105,000 to the Clinton campaign and the DNC, respectively. So for them, in that world, that's chump change. That's that's walking around money. But it's kind of the principle of the thing to me mm-hmm. that, you know, Trump was called a conspiracy theory. A lot of us were called conspiracy theorists. We said, hey, it looks like there are direct ties from the Clinton campaign to this Steele dossier. Shouldn't that be something that gets teased out a little bit? If we're going to be hyperventilating every single day about, well, the Russians stole the election. <laughs> you know, okay, if you can just indulge me for a second. Okay. The whole Hillary, you know, Trump stole the election. It was Russian disinformation, all of this stuff, right? Yeah. And if you remember... <laughs> All right, I'll play this because it was the montage you put together, David. You can run the best campaign, and you can have the election stolen from you. I know (laughs) that he knows that this wasn't on the level. There's an air of illegitimacy that surrounds Trump's presidency. So, of course, he's obsessed with me, and I believe that it's a guilty conscience. He knows he's an illegitimate president. Uh, Right. He's illegitimate. Man. Okay. So... It was either yesterday, yeah, I think it was yesterday or Tuesday, we were playing a clip of Stephen Colbert, 
okay, it, being an idiot. And we talked about, well, remember that guy wept on TV. Oh, yeah, he, he did. He wept because Trump was calling into question the results of the 2020 election. And he just didn't know it would hurt that much. Yeah. So we all knew he would do this. What I didn't know is that he would hurt so much. Oh, God. Man. I didn't expect this to break my heart. For him to cast a dark shadow on our most sacred right from the briefing room in the White House, our house, not his. Just made him weep. Uh, meanwhile, okay. coming up. Uh, meanwhile, I was the candidate that they basically stole an election from. We uh-huh. need numbers overwhelming so Trump can't sneak or steal his way to victory. Did Stephen weep over that? Well, no. No, rem- remember the rule right now for the Democratic Party. If a Republican wins, it's because Fox News or some conservative justice on the Supreme Court or indeed even the Russians helped steal an election. If a Democrat wins, that was the most secure election in American history, and you should never question it, or you, in fact, are a Russian agent. Okay, it's hard to keep track of the rules. Some things, you know, make you applaud, put your fists in the air and say, yeah, and others make you weep uncontrollably. What an emotional roller coaster for these people on the left. Man, oh, man. Talking about a quick emotional roller coaster, we know prices are going through the roof on everything. Yes. You've also got supply chain issues. Yes. Okay. Um, I just want to say for the record, that you guys have talked about me in the past, if I can't get a prescription filled, that I could get upset about it. Usually when I'm yelling on the phone, I'm yelling to the recording, not an actual person. Yeah, Robbins will actually yell at a person. Yeah, before they even get a chance to say anything. It's, hello, where are my drugs? <laughs> Did you guys get your prescriptions figured out? Because th- this isn't just us. I've heard this tale told all over the place. Either there's a supply issue, getting medication, or something's changed, and they're only going mail now. That's what happened to me, and I didn't know it. Yeah. And I, you too, I, David. I've run into both. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes it might be the pharmacy is out of the prescription you're looking for, and then you may have to call 20, 30, 40 miles away to go get the script. That's just part of it. That's what you have to do. I've done that a couple of different yeah, times. Yeah, I know. Yes. But don't pay attention to anything with supply chain, no. okay? Not an issue. And you wonder how much of an underreported story it is. When it when it happens to, you know, a couple of different people, and then you hear that story being told, like, oh, this might be more prevalent than we actually realize. Well, there's also a real concern, especially because a lot of it has to do with antidepressants or things with mental illnesses and treatments. Yeah. yeah. That oh, people- I know a lady, I just heard this anecdotal, was without an antidepressant for four days. Oof. Dude, depending on what dosage you take, that can put you into, seriously, a tailspin. Yeah. It's pretty nuts, man. Well, I learned from you. Where are my drugs? <laughs> Where are they? Okay, we got to get to uh, the unintentional funny Today Show coverage of Chris Rock uh, returning to stand-up. And... Apple and Facebook maybe handed over your info to hackers? Next.
right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennium, David Van Camp, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who gave away our info? What Sorry. is going on? Apple and Meta Platforms, a.k.a. Facebook, provided customer data to hackers who masqueraded as law enforcement officials. <clears throat> Wait a second. Apple wouldn't give up the info of the terrorist in California years back. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, uh, yeah, we'll give all this info. Am I, am I missing something? Well, what, what Apple wouldn't do at that point, that was the San Bernardino shooters. Yes. What they wouldn't do in that, in that case was circumvent the individual phone security systems. Got it. Because they were afraid that would create another backdoor for hackers. In this case... They just gave it to that. Right. In this case, what happened is there's usually there's a warrant process that'll go through to where if somebody's requesting specific information, home address, phone number, things like that, uh, these big tech companies will hand that over. And now under emergency data requests, which don't require a court order, by the way, uh, they'll just hand or they can hand it over. Um, hand over the individual information. And what's terrifying to me about that, because in this case it was evidently a bunch of kids in the U.K. and the U.S. who tricked Apple and Facebook into giving them a whole bunch of private information so they could commit online harassment campaigns. Now, what's terrifying about this, though, is when you see what the Biden administration is willing to do with parents who protest at school board meetings, you know, hey, we're going to start looking at you, and maybe we'll consider what the uh, National School Boards Association suggested, which is looking at you like a terrorist. You see all of these systems coming together from the government, working hand-in-hand with big tech corporations who have a whole lot of your private information. Then you look at what happened in Canada, where you know people in the United States were taking notes about their ability to freeze protesters' bank accounts and completely take away their ability to do everyday finance and stating the obvious here politically it only moves in one direction oh yeah we all know that yeah wow the thing is too and i don't know if i'm the only one speak up i can see facebook doing it meta apple is supposed to hang their hat on privacy like, it seems like it would be much tougher to yeah. get it from Apple than other, you know, big tech corporations. But apparently not. Well, how do you just how do you just get it from Apple posing as a cop? Or We'd have to to these kids. They figured it out. Yeah. Hello, Apple. Yeah, this is Officer <laughs> Schwartz uh, down here at the New Orleans Police Department. I'm looking for some information. Okay, I'll get it to you. Gosh, dang. Wow, that is frightening. And you're right, David, when it comes to the whole thing with the parents. It was, oh, you're griping and moaning about CRT or the trans agenda being taught in school? Hmm. We may have to look more into you a little bit. Right. Speaking of the trans agenda, the Disney thing is blown up. Yeah. I mean, what Chris Rufo did as far as that big Disney online meeting they had and what different execs said, saying, yeah, absolutely, there's a gay agenda here. That opened everybody's eyes. Like, oh, this is for real. Yeah, it is. This just isn't some right-wing talking points. No, this is for real. And what is it we're about to hear here? 
Well, this is Disney actress Raven Simone, very mad that Florida banned teachers from having secret conversations about sexuality with five-year-olds. Pretty that's remarkable. That's exactly right? what it is. <laughs> but anyway, here's her take on it. Of course, she calls it don't say gay. Of course she does. I'm going to say this, and this is my thing. If there's a don't say gay bill, there should be a don't say straight bill. Mm-hmm. Because it's not fair. Well, just stop right there. There's not a don't say gay bill. So your take's over. Next. Okay, I'll let her finish. And there are multiple kinds of humans in this world, and you are ruining the psyche, the confidence of so many young children because you are discrediting their parents, the people they love, the people that raise them. How? They never say how? Wait a minute, that's backwards. Yeah. The parents being discredited is them not being informed of what's going on with their kid in second grade. That's discrediting. No, not in her world. That's insanity. That's an insane take right there. It is an insane take. Yeah. The people that teach them the manners when they walk into that schoolroom. So if you're not going to honor their family, your family shouldn't be honored either. So let's just make it even slash equal, maybe. Now, the disinformation that's come out about this bill, the anti-grooming law, parental rights and education bill, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is that if you have the willful misinterpretation of what the language of the bill says... You say that it says that you can't say gay in a classroom. With that same language, then you would come to the conclusion it also says you can't say straight. Because it never singles out gay nope. as something that's forbidden. It's, it's conversations about sexual orientation being kept away from parents. That's what it addresses. And nobody knows or very few people know the background of the bill. The background that's the thing. The background of the bill is this whole effort started a couple of years ago when a couple of parents in Florida found out that the school had changed their child's critical information to reflect being non-binary, and the school did not inform them of what was going on. The parents said, we, we didn't even get a chance to be supportive. You just, you just took over my child's life. And you kept us in the dark, and we're supposed to be the bad guys in this situation? No. So they're suing, and that lawsuit's still ongoing. I think there's a jury trial scheduled for later this year, or maybe it's next year. Well, that's why the left keeps lying about this issue, flat-out lying, because they know they're upside down with the American people on the issue. If you were to be honest about what you're really asking for, and you're from the left, it is we want to talk to your 5-year-old about their sexuality, about their genitals, and not tell you about it and keep you in the dark about it. If that's not indoctrination, what is? That's sick. If that's the hill you're willing to die on, you got problems. You got issues. You need help. I'm dead serious. You need freaking help. Everybody that's out there yapping about this, I don't even think they know what they're talking about. Some do. Some are that evil. Others are just going on about what they see on social media. Exactly. And it's like a social contagion. Right, and, and it's it's the cool kids table right. that says gay, 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 gay. You know, that's the one. You know, DeSantis, I saw DeSantis in an interview. He said, the thing is, nothing in this bill even uses the word gay. No. Nothing. Not one thing. Not one sentence. Not one word. No, nothing. No. You know, you take some dope like Amy Schumer, who co-hosted the Oscars the other night. I wonder if she really understands what's in the bill, what it really says. No. 
Your guess would be she doesn't even know. No, she doesn't know. She's going with talking She points. knows what she's heard from her isolated group that she runs with, the bubble she lives in. That could be. Is that what you think, David? Yeah, I think it's probably a, a combination of ignorance and some nefariousness that's going on. But with Schumer in particular, yeah, I think I you think, think it's both. I think it is a little bit of both. I mean, I think it's it's uh, it's it is willfully engaging in disinformation. Yeah, but well, I don't moving think on they to the Oscars it's disinformation. Thing. Moving on to the Oscars thing. Yeah. So Chris Rock is back doing stand up last night in Boston. Now, we could tell the story, but I'd rather have Miguel Amager from the Today Show kind of narrate at least part of it. Because he gets a little dramatic with yeah, he does. his delivery. And so this is why the report started out on the Today Show, well, today. Coming out to a double standing ovation, Chris Rock broke his silence, addressing the elephant in the room right off the bat. Okay, so when they play any clip of Chris Rock, you can't hear. It's muffled. You know, and he talks about how he'll address it later on. You know, he's still processing it, that sort of thing. Um, but as Miguel is going on with the, the coverage, um, he mentioned it was a, a triumphant return for Chris. Cheered on loudly by adoring fans, the warm welcome signaled a triumphant return. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Just the way he delivers <laughs> a it. A triumphant <laughs> return. <laughs> what? I thought you'd get a kick like out of what? that. Like what? I mean, this isn't, this isn't you know, Tiger Woods potentially going back and competing at a professional level in golf. You know, a gritty competitor coming. The guy got slapped by Will Smith. <laughs> and then he kept rolling at the Oscars. I mean, it's, it's not like he got knocked out on stage. And even though his jaw was sewn shut, he still performed. <laughs> well, maybe it's because so many of these people on the left are so fragile. Yeah. Maybe it was surprising that he could even come out of the house within a month of this happening. I don't know, because he leads into the Wanda Sykes part of the story and plays the clip. If you hadn't heard this, um, she was upset that only one person apologized to her for what she saw. And that person was Chris Rock. Later on at a party, said, I'm sorry that it went down like that. And her take was, well, you don't need to apologize. It wasn't your fault. But she was a little miffed that he was the only one that apologized to her. But here's Miguel with the Wanda set up there. The Academy says Will Smith was asked to leave Sunday's award show, but refused. Oscar co-host Wanda Sykes telling Ellen she still feels traumatized by what happened and the Academy allowing Smith to stay. You assault somebody, you get escorted out the building, and that's it. You know, uh, uh, but but for them to let him continue, I thought I thought it was was gross. Okay, just a few parts of that right there. Um, <laughs> Wanda saying, you know, he was the only one that apologized, and she was traumatized just by seeing it. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Ellen also said, I was traumatized, too. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> she had hosted it before, and that should be your night, that sort of thing. But as we uh, wrap up the Today Show coverage, uh, they lead on to what's going on now with uh, the Academy, which to me is 
laugh out loud funny. As rock was taking the stage in Boston, more Hollywood drama was unfolding in Los Angeles, where the Academy's Board of Governors initiated disciplinary procedures <laughs> against Will Smith for inappropriate physical conduct, abusive or threatening behavior, and compromising the integrity of the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> the integrity of the Academy. Yeah. You know, by the way, the reporting this morning is that the Academy lied when they said they asked him to leave. Oh, really? No one asked him to leave. Well, don't you think we'd have seen video of somebody coming up to him and go, hey, you well, got to go? Well, also, yeah. if they wanted somebody bounced, they would have bounced him. Yeah. You would have gotten security over there to take him out. There would have been a scene, right? Yes. Well, yes, because what does that say about your security if it really unfolded the way they said? Yeah. Hey, you need to leave. We're asking you to leave. I'm not going to leave. Okay. Right. What do you mean? I read a take today, too, that his wife, anybody, this guy who wrote the piece said, my wife and all my buddy's wives would have been, hey, sit down. What are you doing? Absolutely. You know, you're an idiot. Yeah. She did nothing. Let it go. No, she liked it. She loved it. Yep. Uh, On a lighter note. Uh, they always do these polls, find them interesting. How much weight would you have to gain before you'd quit drinking? That was the poll. And depending on what state you're from, what area you're from, it's a different answer. Um, the average American's willing to gain about 13 pounds. I, I, if I got a 13, then I'd have to slow back, cut back to drinking and quit. That was 12 for women, 14 for guys. But the average person in Hawaii, Vermont, South Dakota, Utah, would only be willing to gain about eight pounds. Well, people in Rhode Island, they'd have to gain three and a half times that before they dial it back. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Well, 27 pounds, 28 pounds? Yeah. Rhode Island, 23 pounds in Wyoming, 22 in Maryland? I ain't giving that up. Are you crazy? Oh, how about the news about Bruce Willis? What is that disease? We'll get to that much more coming up. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, Bruce Willis, man. This story. Relax, guys, I'm fine. Well, I no, he's all right, but he's got this disease, aphasia, and he's retired from acting. And when you first heard the story, at least when we first heard it, I'm thinking, okay, it's a cognitive issue. It might be hard to act. But then when you read the statement mm-hmm. from you know, his family, including ex-wife Demi Moore, uh, this is a really challenging time for our family, and we're so appreciative of your continued love, compassion, and support. It sort of told a different story, like, wow, this is pretty serious. Aphasia, what is the actual definition, David? Uh, it's basically where you can no longer or you lose your ability over time to comprehend or even formulate words, usually because of... Uh, things like a stroke, head trauma. There can be some neurodegenerative diseases that, that cause that. But essentially, you just lose your ability to communicate. You know, I, I, I'm, I wonder, because he did his own stunts so often, and there was a lot of, you know, 
dangerous stunts. I heard that get over the years up. And, and head trauma. I mean, yeah. Since that's one of the reasons this happens. You know, it's sad because the guy was in great shape. He still is. My gosh, yeah. I mean, for what? What is he, 67? 67. Yeah, I mean, man. Yeah, we all get to 67 looking like Bruce Willis. That's a win. I, look like, I didn't look like that when I was 27. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was also thinking, how many Bruce Willis lines from different movies oh. are still used to this day? Oh, my gosh. In context. And a lot are from Die Hard. Yeah. There are a few from Pulp Fiction. Every time, if somebody forgets something, yeah. we're on a trip, not the freak out with his girlfriend. It's when he gets out to the motorcycle. One job, one specific thing. I told her, get in again, not to forget it. Talking about the father's watch. It made me laugh every single time. yippee ki Of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. When Tucker Carlson covered the story last night, that was the clip. You knew he had to play, and he did. Absolutely did. Um, for our friends in Portland, you already know this. Uh, for everybody else, there's an all-women's sports bar called the Sports Bra. It's opening tomorrow. Only going to play women's sports. You are well, a deer in the headlights, Scott. Well, I mean, hey, man, it's unique. It stands out. Nobody yeah. else is doing that. And you're going to be going? No, I ask, <laughs> I ask myself all the time, is there a reason no one else is doing that? <laughs> we'll see what happens. Good luck. It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the owner said, you know, 40% of all athletes are women, but 96% of the athletes on TV are men. We'll see if it works or not. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, what are we going to do about the gas prices? That's been a big question. Yeah. Well, it, it, it couldn't possibly be an all-out full-court press to repeal or at least suspend the federal gas tax, right? That's something that you could do that would save, what, 18 cents a gallon, something like that? You've brought it up several times. It makes sense. Uh, but, no, President Joe Biden is going to be ordering the release of up to 1 million barrels of oil per day from the nation's strategic pr- Petroleum Reserve. What does that get us a dime a gallon oh, for a few days? Probably not even that. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's and, and so you're talking about doing it uh, for, what, about 180 days? Something like that could last several months. And if it goes up to 180 million barrels, the reserve would be down below 400 million barrels. That's, Good boy. That is not quite half of the maximum capacity of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We're That's already... not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. Well, see, you're a bad idea factory, though, Uncle Joe. So <laughs> I think we're already at the lowest level since 2003. This reserve is not meant to cover for strategic failures of an administration that refuses to unleash the full potential of the oil and gas industry domestically. 
It is meant to, in a time of war involving the United States or some other cataclysmic event, that we would have this to get us by for a little while. That's you know, the purpose. The first time in your adult life that you go through gas prices going through the roof, you'll hear some politicians say, well, what about the reserves? We could just do this and it'd lower the price. And at first you're like, yeah, lower the price. Until you realize, well, no, that's not what it's designed for. And you're looking at maybe eight cents a gallon. And you're like, oh, well, that doesn't seem like such a great idea. But they don't tell you that as they're saying, see, we're doing everything we can. Yeah, and, and they're not. To lower the prices for working families. It's in our toolbox. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're also going to be doing a use it or lose it policy for oil and gas companies that have leases on federal lands currently but are not producing on federal lands. And, again, I... You've with, taken people through this several times. You probably should again. So you get this lease process where the government yep. says you've got 10 years, do what you want on this parcel of land. And a lot of times companies will lease out this land just to sort of park it. And especially if you're in a situation where you're a, you're a gas company, oil company, and you hear open hostility towards your industry, why in the world would you be reliant on a lease from the federal government and pour the millions of dollars it takes to explore for oil in that land. We don't know if that land would produce or not. It's a gamble one way or the other. Doesn't make any sense. So so at this point, I mean, it's intentional. What they want to do is get rid of the fossil fuel industry. They haven't hidden that fact. I mean, they openly lie about it in public, but or whenever they're confronted on that. But, I mean, no, the goal is to end fossil fuel production in the United States. On that. Switching gears a little, but this was today. Pelosi basically admits that. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi says, hey, you know, high gas prices and runaway inflation, uh, <laughs> that that's no excuse for us to be, I don't know, producing more oil at home. We cannot allow the fossil fuel industry to use this as an excuse to reverse everything we're doing to save the planet. One of the things I think that the president may say, I don't have this as a fact, is that we will use the um, Defense Production Act to speed up uh, diversification uh, so that we're not so dependent uh, on oil. Do they ever talk about how much mining is necessary when you're talking about green energy over no. decades? No. They just, I think you're right, Scott, David, both. You've said this, you know, in some form at different times. Yeah, people think electric car. Yeah, you just plug it in in the wall. Right. Yeah, save energy. Yeah. There are a lot of people that think that's all there is to it. You don't look at the entire issue. But it seems like that's what politicians do very well. They look at just one issue and super focus on that, but not considering all of the other effects of the decision you're making, much like shutting everything down. Yeah, Yeah, magic something floats through those holes into your car and it runs. (laughs) Well, the other part is you mentioned the production of the batteries it takes to run electric vehicles. Lithium mining and uh, production of those batteries is extremely dirty. That is not environmentally friendly. No. It doesn't make sense, especially where we're at right now. China's going to run the world if we keep going right. down this road. That's what's going to happen. Because everything with Russia, Ukraine, who is benefiting from this? China. Who benefited from the pandemic? 
China. It's all falling into their hands. Misstep after misstep on our part. Well, in all fairness, China did invent it. They did. Yeah. Props to them. We just funded it. Right. Exactly. (laughs) If you can do that, invent something, have somebody else fund it, yeah. Meanwhile, the border crisis, by all predictions, is going to get worse. Who is saying that this is unsustainable? This is interesting. Uh, Jay Johnson, who was the Department of Homeland Security Secretary under President Barack Obama, and he's a little bit worried that Biden is about to lift Title 42, the health order that makes it easier to deny entry to migrants. Uh, So during an interview with MSNBC's Chuck Todd, he made the point that the border crisis is already at historic levels. And taking this one tool away will only make it worse. I mean, you've got tens of thousands of people waiting for this order to be lifted on the other side of the border. We're going to need a lot of horses with a lot of whips if that happens. (laughs) I am waiting to see when and if they drop Title 42 for the the southern border. Um, It is, frankly, a way to keep the numbers down, Uh, though these numbers are pretty high, just for perspective. By the way, summer is about to come. And summer, well, the, the typically the largest months are March, April. Okay, we're just we're in. We're, yeah. we're surging right now. Just for perspective, we're about to. Jeez, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, I like that he's one of the guys who is trying to drive the conversation. And he doesn't know when seasonal surges are at the border. It's, I'm not even going to say anything else. I guess you don't need to. Perspective, we're about to hit one million in six months. Uh, my highest year was 468,000 in the entire year, and that politically felt like the world was coming to an end. Uh, so these yeah. are these are very very large numbers. They're Thank they're you. unsustainable in my view. And you make a good point that if Title 42 is lifted, then the public health yeah. debate may move to the southern border. Well, we got to get somebody on the root causes of that. Gosh, if we could just figure out why do people want to come here. Mm. I mean, it's racist, misogynistic, backwards. I just sit white here. patriarchy. Why do these people want to come here? Somebody get down to the border and warn well, them. I'm telling you, man. All these teachers who are crying because they can't groom kids or teach kids critical race theory, yeah, they ought, they ought to go to northern Mexico right now. Show up at some of the tent cities where these migrants are waiting, and just start holding court, man. I mean, just teach them the ills of American society. And if their warning doesn't stick with these migrants, they'll say, oh, my gosh, Americans are insane. I don't want to live there. Right. Or either that or what would be even better. You know, some of the cartel that are down around the border have some of the people on the left from our country go and say, hey, do you mind if we talk to your five and six year olds about their genitals and about their sexual preferences? You mind if we do that? Just see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you'll never know until you try. Give it a shot. See how it goes. They might El Chapo your head off. Maybe. Meanwhile, uh, Kamala Harris is telling Jamaica, we're flush with cash. We got so much in cash reserves, we're going to give you some money. Yeah. But she takes 30 seconds to say nothing. (laughs) And we've got more word salad from the vice president, if you haven't heard this. Vice president predictive text right here on display. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I have a little treat for you. All right, let's listen to it first. Okay. For Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. 
So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. What? What? What did she just say, Scott? I think she's punking us now. I really do. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> this can't be true, this right? This is astounding. One after another oh after another. Oh, my gosh. Run on sentences. It doesn't make any sense. Repeating, I actually played this off air and then had Siri pick it up so I could just transcribe it. Oh, yeah, okay. You want me to just read it? Yeah, yeah sure. What she just said? Yeah. Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been a pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary (laughs) to strengthen... Not only that does the issue of public health, but also the economy. Thank you. Do you, do, you, do you remember this was popular a while back? It was those little magnets that had either words or phrases that you could con- use to construct a sentence on the fridge yes. or whatever. And it was a fun little thing. People would, you know, families would leave little messages or, you know, you could. Kamala Harris is basically a box of those magnets that has been turned upside down and dumped into the bed of a truck going 70 miles an hour. <laughs> it, it just doesn't end. You so much so many- nothing embedded into so many words. And she's been nothing. coached. Okay. And we know people have been living paycheck to paycheck, right? How many people are actually running out of money before the next paycheck? We have the stats. That much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Jet Axer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. That's Scott Robbins. All right. So we know people have been living paycheck to paycheck. But now you're saying people are running out of money before their next paycheck. Yeah. There's a new report by Salary Finance. Uh, soaring prices are, of course, we know, straining households across the board. If you go to the grocery store... You know, well, fill up your gas tank, certainly. You know everything is more expensive. Your dollar is not going as far as it used to. Uh, now, wage growth is, it's a weird thing. You know, this is the, the, the ugly side of runaway inflation is that wage growth by historical standards is fairly high. Yep. But when that dollar is worth less and less and less, it really doesn't matter. It's just a number at that point. Uh, workers are now running out of money faster. Roughly 20% of employees regularly run out of money between paychecks. That's a 5% increase from just last year. I think I know what the problem is. And what would you? I guess. All right. Uh, I think people just don't understand how good they have it. Right. 
Oh, God. Forget the money part. I mean, I, yeah, maybe you're spending. <laughs> you just don't understand. You can't comprehend how great things are going. That's what the president said. So you have an awful lot of people who are uh, notwithstanding the fact that uh, yeah. that uh, things have gotten so much better for them economically. See? Uh, that they are thinking, but how do you get up in the morning feeling happy? Yeah, see, I... You know. Again, one metric that's better. We talk about disaster after disaster after disaster. One thing. What one thing has the president of the United States brought to you in the last year and a half that's better than it was a year and a half ago? What Before you one yell thing and get upset. What? I'll tell you again. Oh God, see. Less mean tweets. I don't get mean tweets don't put food on my table. <laughs> have you have you noticed the racial harmony? No. Yeah, see, there's there's one other marker, right? There it is. There's another one. There's another one. Well, it's not just Joe. Nancy said it, too. Pelosi. People, did, to understand how good you have it, you got to tell them, see? For people to appreciate what the president has done see? and that working together with the Congress, yeah. they have to know what it is. Well, well, start right at the top. What is it? What is it? Did you see the MSNBC article yesterday? What did it say? It was about polling, and economically, most Americans, and it's not even close, are down on the president for the way he's handled the economy. The way that people's lives have been impacted has been negative. Mm -hmm. MSNBC says, well, how? How is that possible? It actually said in the headline, with the economy booming like it is. Wow. Holy smokes. The gaslighting is unreal. Well, that was another clip from Biden, I remember. Uh, all the work we've done together, people just don't understand how great it is. Never forget what we've accomplished together <laughs> so far. And by the way, the American people just trying to stay above water don't understand this. You tell them what the American Recovery Act was, they look at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah, appreciate it a little bit, everything we've done for you, little people. Yeah. You just don't know how good you have it. Man. <laughs> oh. See, you got to keep your sense of humor. Jeez. Meanwhile, another poll shows what? Democrats are okay with this hateful Florida law? Yeah. Well, public opinion strategies did a poll on the Florida bill that bans teachers from having secret conversations with little kids about sexuality. And when the language of the bill is presented to people, they generally like it. By a more than two to one margin, including Democrats. Overall, it's 61 to 26 percent support oppose. Republicans, that's a 70 23 split. Democrats, 55 29 split. Biden voters, 53 to 30. Parents, though, parents, right. 67 24 support this. Horrible hate for Bill, the don't say gay bill in Florida. Yes. Well, speaking of that breakdown, Virginia, remember the big upset in the fall. It was women who have kids voting Republican versus women without kids voting more Democrat. Mm -hmm. it, it's split right there. Because obviously when you have kids, you see the world different and you want to protect your kids. Other people, well, they don't care. It's about virtue signaling, about being popular with your friends and woke and smart. Yes. Yes. 
Yes, man. Yes, that's the way it breaks down. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. We don't have time for the Hillary Clinton thing right now. We'll have to get to that later. Um, but other things we got to get to. Housing bubble. Okay, when people start to talk about, hey, you've seen the price of homes have gone through the roof. Yeah. David, you've experienced it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad we bought when we did because yes. it's crazy right now. You hear about prices at different you know, parts of the country, but they're also mentioning, you know, this very well could be 2008 all over again. Oh, God. That's just part of it. Oh, boy. With a housing bubble. And, yes, the Hillary Clinton campaign fined for funding that Steele dossier. What will that mean, actually, for the Clintons? That and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, housing bubble. That's what we're experiencing right now all over the country. How would you explain this in just regular guy terms, David? Well, okay, so let's start with the central question. Is there a housing bubble, and is it similar to what we saw in 08? Uh, yes, but no. Not similar to 2008. Okay, that's good news. Uh, but new data from the Census Department shows that the average cost of a new home hit a record high at $511,000 in February. Remember, we're talking about new homes, new construction. Mm-hmm. Holy but holy. still, that's a record high. $511,000, that is obviously uh, a big deal. Uh, what would you have guessed, Robbins? 350000 <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people. That I've talked to about the story, or like I had no idea. I don't. I don't that was the average. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you're looking at housing prices doubling in the last decade. A big chunk of that happened in the past year, a 25 percent increase year over year. So that's a big deal as well. And part of that's because there was a slowdown in overall construction because of lumber shortages that were going on due to decreased production during the pandemic. So there's just less supply than there is demand for it. So that's causing how, uh, home prices to go up, obviously, in the existing inventory, the houses that have been around for a while, uh, because there are more people now considering those options, those prices are going up as well. I mean, it's it's a little bit different than 2008 because 2008 was sort of with the subprime mortgages and all that, where mm-hmm. you had a whole lot of people taking out home loans that they could not afford. That's a different thing altogether because there you have people walking away from mortgages. You do have that. One of the differences, people are getting hit with the increased cost of their mortgage payments yeah. around this time. Yeah. The old progressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all sounds good when you start out yeah. until the price yeah. goes up and you're like, oh, crap, I didn't know it was coming this soon. Yeah, lock in that rate, man. <laughs> yeah. In. So what, what they're thinking is the Federal Reserve raising interest rates probably will slow that down because people will put pen to paper and realize that the interest alone is not worth it to go and buy a new house. Right. And really, as as far as the, the bubble bursting, it just depends on where you are. If you're in an area 
like, I mean, multiple cities in Texas, Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, or if you're in uh, Florida, Florida, uh, you got a whole lot of people moving in. So I think your home value is going to hold steady. The question is what happens in states like Illinois, California, New York, where all these people are leaving. Correct. Yeah. Picture not as pretty there. Not at all. No. <laughs> I I'm just, like I just no. depressed when I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, know. I, I understand. I get it. There I, are different states people want to be. Yes. Well, also now you see rentals sky high. And, you Absolutely. Know, ratcheting no. up as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, and you've got large investment firms basically buying up entire neighborhoods. True. That's That's actually a really frightening thing. You know, somebody told me 10 years ago, we're all going to be working for Disney someday. Not now. Probably not. They, they've booted it in some ways now. So what is it now? What's it moved to now? Well, we'll, we'll all BlackRock. Yes, BlackRock? Heavily yeah. indebted to BlackRock. BlackRock, yeah. Probably. We'll all have to wear uniforms. You know what? I On the Disney note, I'll get there in a second. This mm-hmm. has to do with Hillary Clinton. But we had another story about Hillary Clinton, and I want to know what David thinks. And David, what do you think about being fined for funding the Steele dossier. Does anything really happen to her because it's her campaign? Yeah, the campaign got fined by the FEC because they illegally uh, funded opposition research and said it was for legal fees. So the campaign, you can't do that. You cannot. You, they, they marked it down wrong. So they got fined. I mean, it's not a whole lot. They fined the campaign, what, $8,000, and then they fined the DNC $105,000 because they just lied about where that money was going. And, of course, the Steele dossier is the thing that really kicked off all the Russian collusion hoax after the 2016 election. Um, I mean, that, to me, it's a big deal, because that not because of the monetary side of it, but because it confirms that, yes, the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC literally paid foreign sources, including people based in Russia, to try to make it seem like, the president of the United States was a Russian agent and it's seeking partnered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And still to this day, you could present that to a friend of yours on the left. And I don't know if they would believe it to this day. You could give it to them here. Here's the story. This just happened. Well, there's somebody else in charge. It doesn't matter now. Just excuse it away. No, the American people got taken for a ride for years. Yep. And it was all from the left and the Justice Department, big tech, all colluding together. And you don't expect much of legacy media to cover the story, but it's certainly out there. And it was interesting. I was looking for a Hillary Clinton interview, and as I was looking for it, I came across something else. And I thought it was worth playing because of this Disney controversy right now, Mm -hmm. because they are up in arms over the Florida parental rights bill. And if you, you know, hadn't heard much of the story, there was people internally at Disney that were caught on camera on, was it like a Zoom call? It was an online sort of meeting where these different Disney execs were admitting that there's definitely a gay LGBTQ agenda within Disney to put in gay characters. They want at least 50% of every Disney character to be from the LGBTQ plus community. All this different stuff, right? 
And so it, Democrats are in a tough spot with it, really, because they're all against this Florida parental rights bill. But then the voters are all for it when they understand exactly what it is. Right. So different people through this whole thing now have talked about the slippery slope. And how did we get to the point where we saw what we saw with the the trans swimmer from the University of Pennsylvania into this push to teach kindergartners about trans sex issues? We go back to 2004. That's not all that long ago in history with Hillary Clinton, where she was talking about gay marriage at the time and how she was completely against it. Okay? See how this ages. Roll it. I believe that marriage is not just a bond, but a sacred bond between a man and a woman. I have had occasion in my life to defend marriage, to stand up for marriage, to believe in the hard work and challenge of marriage. Right, hold your laughter. Oh Stop. Hold your laughter. There's more. So I take umbrage at anyone who might suggest that those of us who worry about amending the Constitution are less committed to the sanctity of marriage or to the fundamental bedrock principle that it exists between a man and a woman going back into the mists of history as one of the founding foundational mm-hmm. institutions of history and humanity and civilization. Hmm. How do you feel hearing that today? I like I like somebody who's had that rock solid marriage lecturing me about marriage too. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's always good. Well, I, you know, Jamie, I would like to, uh, after you played that clip, I would like to extend my sincere condolences for your upcoming suicide. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Meanwhile, it wasn't just Hillary, you know. A lot of people on the left on that particular issue. Oh, it was just evolving over time, right? Marriage is between a man and a woman. You know, my feelings about this are constantly uh, evolving. I struggle with this. Uh, I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. Okay. <laughs> the big O, the decisive one. Yeah, that was all within like seven years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you think, well, they, they don't really want to teach kids, school, this trans stuff. I mean, they just want to be able to have conversations. Don't believe it for a second. Don't believe it. There was another clip, and David, you at the time got this clip, so I'm not quite sure what this was in context. So sorry to just put you on the spot on the air with it. Okay. Because in and of itself, it's an interesting and entertaining clip, uh, but I don't quite remember the reference. And this was Joe Biden with Anderson Cooper. Okay? Oh, yeah. And I'll just roll it. Yeah. Okay. Remember Anderson back 15, 20 years ago? We talked about this in, in, in San Francisco. It was all about, well, you know, gay, gay, gay bathhouses. And every, it's all about round the clock sex. It's all, come on, man. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you remember Anderson? You remember 15 years ago you were in that bathhouse? Bathhouse. <laughs> round the clock, you know? <laughs> Where was that from? I don't even remember. It was a it. town hall uh, okay. that, yeah, that he was doing with Anderson Cooper uh, after he was elected president, I believe. And I think it, it was 
something about the trans issue or. Okay, got it. Yeah, come on, man. Anderson Cooper, what are you talking about? Gay, gay, gay bathhouses. And every, it's all about round the clock sex. It's all. Come on, man. Jeez. How many times has that guy stepped in it in three years' time? Oh. It's unbelievable. Okay, moving on, other things. Um, oh, we got to get to Wanda Sykes saying, hey, I, only one person apologized to me after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Why is that? But real quick, Scott, you think Will Smith is done? I think Will Smith is done. Really? I, I, the, the, everybody Who is supporting Will Smith right now in the Hollywood community? They've made a declaration that they are dead set against him and that they want punishment and they want blood, man. Okay. I, I don't see anybody. Do you see anybody with the, the on the A-list going, yes, I support Will Smith? No, I don't see that. I don't either, but I see a lot on the A-list saying that was garbage. Yes, I do see that. And he should have been arrested. Okay. You're saying done. Like he's done, like his career's done. Well, I should probably temper that by saying in the in the near future. Okay. Well, that's in the next, different. Like say the next, how's he going to clean this up? But The apology tour with weeping. That's how you do it. Is she going to be the dutiful was, wife next to him? That I don't know. She seems to be a nut. Well, I mean, of that's course. a crazy sort of relationship already. But he'll get out there and apologize, and this is what I was just going think it on. Taints you blah, forever, blah, blah. though. Mm. He was always the nice guy. What do you think, David? No, man, that guy's going to be getting a, working on a project in like two months. No, I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I, Alec Baldwin killed a woman, and he's still working. Well, he, what's he working on, though? He's working at his house. No, he, he's he doing the laundry the, and he, stuff. He was but, on the set of a movie, like, a month ago. All right, let's settle this with a bet, okay? Okay. You, uh, maybe this is fair enough. Will Smith will be in a major motion picture that will be released in the next year. No. David? Oh, yeah. I would say yes, too. You want five each or just one of us? Um, I'll just take one of you since I'm down, like, $1,000. So. All right, I'll get you okay. uh, David, you owe him less money than you owe me. Okay. I'll, All right, put it on I'll the back. on David. In a year, it starting a year, today. Starting today. All right. Yes. Who's going to give this guy $30 million? Hollywood. He's one of Hollywood's few bankable stars. And we'll get to the Wanda Sykes part of that story in a news update coming up. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Joe Biden is formally announcing that he is going to be tapping the strategic petroleum reserves for the next six months. It's a relatively long-term strategy to release oil into the American market in order to try to drive down gas prices. Um, and is also apparently using the Defense Production Act to, you guessed it, facilitate the production of electric cars. Oh, my goodness. That's, yeah, there you go. At a, at a time when 20% of the American population it doesn't have enough money to get to the next paycheck. They run out of money before their next paycheck. 
let's flood the market with $40,000 vehicles. Yeah, that'll do it. Good job, Joe. So that answers the political question. How do you maintain some sort of standing with the far left and at the same time make it appear like you're trying to do something about gas prices? And I guess this is the answer. Let's see, little little known fact, the oil that is in the strategic petroleum reserve is clean. It does not pollute. <laughs> you see? <laughs> it's had time to sit in barrels for a long time, uh, and it's a little bit diluted and therefore does not actually uh, result in any sort of greenhouse gas emissions. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. I mentioned uh, Wanda Sykes with the whole Chris Rock, Will Smith controversy, the big slap the other night. Mm-hmm. She was on Ellen's show. And, you know, Will Smith apologized to Chris Rock, sort of. But apparently he didn't apologize to Wanda Sykes. No one did, other than Chris Rock. It seemed a little miffed about it if she was on Ellen's show. Apparently she saw Chris Rock at an after party and said, as soon as I walked up to him, the first thing he said was, I'm so sorry. Wanda said, I said, you don't need to apologize. He said, it was supposed to be your night, you and Amy and Regina. You were all doing such a great job. He was patronizing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry, this is now going to be all about this. Wanda said, see, that's who Chris is. Which, yeah, that's really gracious of Chris Rock to do that. As far as Wanda, she said that she's still traumatized by it. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Come on. And Ellen said she was traumatized, too. Ellen's trauma, and she wasn't even there. It doesn't matter. All you had to do was witness it. If you're fragile, Scott, you would be traumatized okay. by seeing that slap. I weeped. I wept uncontrollably that <laughs> night into my pillow. It's true. Yeah. I when I saw it, I went straight to the shower, fully clothed, <laughs> and just tried to put on the faucet as hot as it would go to try to burn the shame off of me. Well, didn't you sit in the corner of the shower for forty minutes? I did, and wept. Shaking. And I, and I sang getting jiggy with it on a loop the entire time. No, 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 no. I was Sykes like, I was like said... Stelter. I was in bed. And oh, then okay. came the tears. God. Sykes said it was sickening. I physically felt ill. And I'm, I'm a little traumatized. Me too, Ellen said. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Joe said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. Well, President Bystander Joe Biden is out there talking about high gas prices and releasing more oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve in an effort to bring down gas prices. He's going to do this over the next six months, uh, which is not what that reserve is for. It is for a cataclysmic event. But here we are. This is what they're going to do. Um, And so 
part of it, he says, listen, there are two things that cause the spike in gas prices, okay? One is the pandemic. It's like, well, hold on. Yes, that slowed down production because no one was going anywhere. You know, everything was shut down. So, yes, that caused the price of oil to plummet in in a historic Mm -hmm. fashion where the barrel was more valuable than the oil in it Mm -hmm. for a little while. Um, But it rebounded even before he came back into office. So he's saying because of our recovery, though, (laughs) that's what has brought us back. And then, of course, it's Putin's price hike. And now he's also, well, once again, going back to the well of blaming oil companies. Oh, Here is, God. Here we go. Because, you know, they're just sitting on, on massive profits and not giving it out to everybody else. We're not going to step up the production. I say enough. Enough of lavishing excessive profits on investors and payouts and buybacks when the American people are watching. The world is watching. U.S. oil companies made nearly $80 billion in profit last year. And this year, those profits are expected to continue to soar. This is the time, not the time, to sit on record profits. It's time to step up for the good of your country, the good of the world, to invest in immediate production that we need to respond to Vladimir Putin, to provide some relief for your customers, non-investors and executives. Look, I'm a capitalist. I have no problem with corporations turning to good profit. But companies have an obligation that goes beyond just their shareholders. Uh-huh. Not really. <laughs> so if you're one of these oil companies, you know what to do to stop that criticism. Put Hunter on the board. That's all you got to do. Well, he's he's savvy in the energy end of it. He knows that he's very good at it. From Burisma yes. in Ukraine. Yes. It is so hard to take from that guy where he's profited. Give me a break, man. Really? Dude. Your whole economic plan has been a disaster. Most people that pay attention know it. You want to try to polish it that way? Go ahead. It's just infuriating. So many different ways. Inflation has hit a 40-year high. Why? Because of those economic policies. And he wants to flood the zone with more cash. Isn't that what he said earlier today? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's just infuriating to me. Okay, moving on to other things. The spending spree. Let's let's go to Disney for a second. This is interesting. Well, it's the happiest place in the world. It's really pretty wild right now mm-hmm. after what was unearthed from Chris Rufo with the video of different people within Disney, directors, talking about absolutely there is a gay agenda. They put as many gay characters in, you know, different movies, TV shows as they can. The one woman said, and no one says nothing. It was great. And you had different people saying, well, you know, I've got two kids that are LGBTQ. Like it makes her an expert on anything. And it seems like the far left is running Disney. But then you have this other side of the story where you have conservatives within Disney saying, we're afraid to say anything. Because, you know, we'll get called out. So Daily Wire had the story of a Disney exec talking about exactly what's going on there and how we got to this position. Because originally in the Florida Parental Rights Bill, which all it says is we're not going to talk about trans or sexual issues to kindergarten through third graders. 
which, David, as you pointed out earlier, all the polling, most people, parents, yes, that's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah, when you take labels off of it and you just ask people about what this bill actually does, most people seem to think it's a pretty good idea. Right. So there are people fed up with Disney now, and hashtag boycott Disney is getting more and more popular. And according to the reporting at Daily Wire, the people, as far as the board of directors at Disney, boycotts don't spook them too much because it's such a global brand. But what spooks them is angry shareholders. So they talked to this investment manager and finance author, uh, Jerry Borger, and he talked about the Disney CEO changing direction because the original plan was just stay out of it with the Florida bill until there was pressure. And he was on the call when the whole thing got turned around. And this is what he had to say. I was at that annual meeting, and all the pressure came from one side, all of it, 100%. Then what I saw was a bunch of outrage headlines from conservatives about how Disney is attacking the you know Parental Rights Act. Well, okay. I mean, that's bad that they did that, but how about if you had shown up? I mean, all the things that people were saying on social media about how mad they were at Disney, how many of those people are Disney shareholders? A lot of them. It's a big company with a lot of shareholders. What if you had just logged on? I mean, it's easy you know, to log on and ask a question. If, if that had happened, uh, I don't think things would have ended the same way. What's your reaction to what he just said? David? Well, I, I think... There's part of it I agree with, and then there's another part where I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Leadership is also about, well, leading, obviously, at the risk of sounding like Kamala Harris here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you're. <laughs> you no, know, but, but at the same time, you know, the people who are ultimately making the decisions absolutely have the ability to say, no, we're not doing this. Correct. You just have to grow a pair, man. Right. What did you think, Scott? Well, I think you have to have fear of, of your shareholders. I think to collectively, if enough people decide I don't want to be a part of this anymore, things will change, yes. But to his point of they didn't speak up. They no, could've. that's what I mean. I yeah. mean, and I've, I've maintained this for a long time. The days of not pushing back are over. I mean, you've got to push back. And if you have to do it financially, that's how you do it. I had two thoughts. One was, well, you got a lot of people scared to speak up because you get canceled. You get targeted. The other part is a lot of these shareholders don't care anything about any moral issues. They want to make money. So if they want to have people well, on the left scream and moan about it, they might care, but not so much as to actually get yeah. in the fight. So it takes people that actually care about the issues to stand up and just know you're going to take it on the chin. And it takes three or four big players to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. A guy like me who has 10 shares or whatever, who cares? Yeah, and I know respect isn't a huge thing anymore for people. It's like, I don't care if you respect me or not as long as I make money. At least I'd say I respect the guy that for stand up on his principles yeah. than just trying to make the buck. Yeah. But I know that sounds old-fashioned. But that's the only way this stuff works is canceling your subscription on your cable outlet. Oh, it's just a regular jamoke? Yeah, I mean, just but if enough people think that way, I mean, that's Absolutely. the only way you get their attention on anything. They don't care. Outside of that, they don't care. Are the numbers in the park going down? Probably not. We'll see what happens over the next year, at least in the United States. As they said, Disney's a global brand, so who knows? Yeah. Now, as far as Kamala Harris, you brought up Kamala that you were somewhat speaking like her. Yeah. She gave another <laughs> example of this. Uh, yeah, she did when she was meeting with uh, some officials from Jamaica, talking about how we're writing them a big old Jerry Lewis check 
to help them get out of some dire straits after the pandemic. Tourism took a big dump. I understand. Just tell me if I'm way out of bounds here. We don't have any money, right? We're $30 in the hole. We we got some problems. But we have enough cash to help everybody else out. Yeah, apparently. Okay. For Jamaica, one of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what uh-huh. is necessary to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. Okay. Golly. Um, yeah, I read that earlier. I just put my phone next to her talking and had Siri, you know, script it out. And so I have the script. I read it earlier. I mean, it doesn't seem to translate really when you just read it. Mm-hmm. You're almost more confused reading it than her saying it, if that's possible. <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe it deserves music put behind. It. Oh, it definitely does. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't, and I don't. That know helps exactly. drive the point home. Yes. I mean, do we want violin blues? Do we want piano music? I mean, do you want yakety sax? I don't know what. No, to I put like more it. of a deep thoughts approach. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, something not not somber, but mellow and contemplative. If you yes. have that, would you? There, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, Jamaica. Deep thoughts. Yes. One of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been a pandemic. So that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to, I believe, what is necessary to strengthen not only that, does the public... Okay. Does the public and the issue of public health, but also the economy. Thank you. Yes, well done. Well done, sir. Okay, all right, got it. Okay, did you get anything out of it that time? Were you enlightened? It's like the music helps. It's like all the words that were left on the cutting room floor as a kidnapper was putting together a ransom note from an old newspaper. That's what it was. (laughs) Okay. The alphabet soup thing. Yeah. I know it's been a long time since college, David. Maybe rip a bong hit, you know, and then maybe we could read it again. You know what, man? <laughs> I I I would I would smoke weed with Kamala Harris. Yes. I would I would come out of retirement just for the experience. Well, you know what happened. I just broke news. <laughs> I know. <laughs> David well, and Kamala I, well hold on now, I'm married. This is a serious story. Did you hear about the Ohio woman that bit a pit bull that was attacking her pet to save her pet? Oh, it's crazy. We'll get to that much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. For those that don't know, David Van Camp used to be a news guy. He was in news for quite a while. Pro. 
Total pro. He's still a news hound. He's got another news update right now. Well, I, you know, we're we're facing some tough times in this country. I mean, inflation's out of control. Everything costs more, including at the pump, of course, right? And I know the Biden administration is trying to blame it all on Vladimir Putin and not their own disastrous energy policy. But, but it's okay. I feel like we're going to get through this because of how strong and not senile of a president we really have. Oh, God. I was going down this path thinking you were saying because of the American people, because I'll say that sometimes, and then I get yeah. mocked yeah. by you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, this is this is the rallying cry we need to hear from the president of the United States, all right? All right. This is your time, Joe. If we stand up to the bullies of the world, the autocrats and dictators, we stand up for those who are are who are ready to unite. Unite with us, United States of America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our Independence Day. <laughs> We're in a lot of trouble, guys. You know, if he was a recruiter at a university, they'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, join us. Come on, man. Not He's not what your country can do for you. Crats and dictators, we stand up for those. Yes. <laughs> that guy is not eloquent enough to be a Walmart greeter. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a rough go of it lately for the last six years. Ah. Anyway, this crazy story out of Ohio. All right, this is the story of 52-year-old Jennifer Love. She has just a regular home, backyard in Newton Township. She's got a 12-year-old dog, Eskimo Pomeranian mix. Dog's name is Kevin. Kevin? Yes. People that name their dogs people names. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah. Little Kevin. Kevin. Wait, uh, she's getting ready for work the other day. She lets Kevin out um, along with another dog. And she's getting ready, and then she looks out. Oh, my gosh. Kevin is getting mauled by a pit bull. Oh, gosh. That it broke loose from a tether that that dog was tied to a couple blocks away. Oh, no. And so Jennifer was thinking, and this is what she said. No, I can't let this happen. You can't kill my dog. Not in front of me. I'm not going to let this happen. So she did her best to just try to, you know, pry the pit bull's grip loose Mm -hmm. and then use her body as a shield from the pit bull. But she said it was just to no avail. That dog just kept coming back and back and back relentlessly. So several minutes go by. And I'm guessing that's like some sort of fight you might be in or where you're having to expend a lot of energy. It might be three, four minutes, but it seems like 15. Yes. And you're gassed. Yes. Just absolutely exhausted. And she said, you know, I started thinking about a self-defense class that I took. And what they said was, you do whatever you can. You gouge them in the eyes, you bite them, whatever. So she said, as far as the pit bull... Pitbull's ear was close enough. I just bit her ear. Oh, man. As hard as I could. It was live or die at that point. I was losing. I was losing, and my dog was dying. A couple of her teeth got ripped out, biting the dog's ear. The dog's still shaking its head. Oh, yeah. But it created enough of a distraction that then enabled a neighbor to pull the Pitbull off of her and her dog. So she just picked up her dog, ran to her car. Another neighbor was outside who had heard her screaming. 
helped her get the dog to the vet. And it looks like Kevin's going to survive it. Oh, good. Good. Uh, the owner of the pit bull, 42-year-old William Dempsey, um, it says in the story is being held accountable for the attack, facing a charge of improperly restraining the dog. Yeah. Um, my old buddy Luch once said, and I think it's pretty good, if it's all about how you train the dog and your responsibility and responsible people, this doesn't happen. And I think that's true most, what, 99.9% of the time? Yeah. But if it does, uh, you'll be held liable as if you did it yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. 100% agree. Yes. Well, I mean, there's another story. A South Carolina mom had both arms amputated last week after she was mauled by three pit bulls. That's Dang. insane. Wow. Yeah, you got to hold the you got to hold the owners responsible and accountable. I agree. 100%. As if you did it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I agree. Yep. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Short pause there. Oh, and then in Virginia, there's a group of dudes that got attacked by a pack of pit bulls. So I'm looking up that story in Ohio, and there are like three other stories that just pop up from around the country. This was Virginia. Um, and there, this was a whole pack of dogs. So, you know, the authorities get a hold of the dogs and animal rescue. But there's not enough room to house these dogs as the investigation would take place. Okay? So they just euthanize them. Well, you got to put them down. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't room. So... You got to put them down. They yeah. attack people. A dog attacks people. Then you got to put them down. Yeah. Yep. Can't have it. Yep. Part of it. All right. You got your big three stories of the day, Scott Robbins? Yep. Okay. Got to get to that. And David's story. Government encourages teens to remove their genitals? What? Ah. Next. Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp on it. Yeah, well, President Biden's administration has released a series of documents encouraging gender reassignment surgery and hormone treatment for minors. What? Department of Health and Human Services Office of Population Affairs released a document called uh, Gender Affirming Care in Young People. And the same day, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration's National Child Traumatic Stress Network which is also under the HHS umbrella, released a document entitled Gender Affirming Care is Trauma-Informed Care. Oh, my goodness. So they're saying, yeah. Full court press right now before the midterms. Absolutely. For adolescents, for example, hey, top surgery, that's where you remove a girl's (gasps) breast. Um, And then, of course, bottom surgery, surgery on the genitals or reproductive organs. Uh, That's something that you can go and do or that you should go and do. It's something that is helpful to kids. So no tattoo. No, 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 no. No smoking till you're 21. Mm -hmm. Correct. But remove your stuff. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. Wow, man. As a woman or any (laughs) menstruating person (laughs) in this country. Yeah. But yeah, that, that used to be almost funny. It's becoming not funny anymore. Yeah. And then you've got, well, more leaked video from the Disney all-hands-on-deck meeting 
Oh yeah. In result of, or as a result of the, well, apparently we're told hateful law in Florida that bans teachers from talking to little kids about sex in secret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Disney production coordinator Alan March says that, yeah, we're doing everything we can to push what he calls queer content for kids. Wow. All this content's going for to kids who don't know any of this. And even if they're in a household like Keith uh, that have... Uh, supportive parents, they're still getting all of this information from media of what is normal. And we just, it's a, there's a lot of power to that and it just needs to be acknowledged. Oh my gosh, man. Tell them that God's gonna cut them down. Tell them that God's gonna cut them down. Well, Thank you, Johnny. You know, the amazing thing is, you know, I know people roll their eyes when you bring up words like communist or Marxist or whatever. And I think it's okay to flesh this out if you want to put a timer on me, like 40 seconds or whatever. I think I can explain this. Not, It's not just a missive towards these people. Sure. But the basic playbook, as written out by Karl Marx, was modeled on religious ideology. Obviously, it was atheist, but he used that model and applied it to economic theory. So you create a group of oppressors. Members of that oppressor class are degraded. Members of the oppressed class are celebrated. Members of the oppressor class can sort of join and be allies, but they must continually debase themselves to be accepted by the oppressed class. That's what you see in things like critical race theory. With gender ideology, though, it's actually more insidious. Think of it as baptism, because it allows people previously in the oppressor class to join the oppressed class. So now you're doing the work. Right. Now you're not just an quote unquote ally. Now you can actually make yourself and convert yourself to this religion. As so many Democratic politicians have done. Yes. Because they really don't stand on principles. Whatever the wave tells them. This is disgusting. I mean, I don't know how many other ways you could say it. And part of it, it's like one of the funniest parts, if you can find humor in it, from the group that says one of the biggest threats we have to our country is QAnon. Maybe if you're not so fixated on little kids and their sexuality, maybe there wouldn't be such a thing as QAnon, you freaking freaks. (laughs) Holy smokes, what is wrong with people? And you're not a bad person for calling that out and saying, no, you absolutely shouldn't be talking to a five-year-old about anything sexual. It's against the law. And if it's not, it should be, wherever you're at. Freaking nuts. All right, I know you got your trifecta all ready to go. Are you ready now? Rock and roll, baby. Let's go. All right, let's do this. Yep. Is Casey ready? I hope so. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. Do it every day at this time. Helped by his top 40 hero is hero in life. I'm ready. Okay. Yes. I'm Casey Case. Of course. And he's ready. Three. Uh, number three, Scott, Liz Cheney's spokesperson is talking about the primary opponent going, well, the primary that's going on. Yeah, Liz Cheney's going to get primaried, and Liz Cheney's going to lose, but dozens of House Republicans expected to attend a big fundraiser headlined by GOP leader Kevin McCarthy uh, for uh, Harriet Hagman, who is the person that is running in the primary against her. 
Now, Liz Cheney's people now are speaking out. Okay. Uh, they pass along that Representative Cheney's camp is saying McCarthy is supporting an insider establishment candidate because Liz Cheney is not an insider establishment <laughs> candidate. This is ridiculous. Gotcha. Well, that really <laughs> grinds your gears, doesn't it? it? You know, you can say what you want to. I mean, you could pull something else out of your fanny and use that as a as sort of a uh, an axe to grind against your opponent, but mm-hmm. calling them an insider and you're Liz Cheney. Right. It's like Biden saying, this person's got cognitive problems. <laughs> Something like that. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yes. Right. Two. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, everybody's favorite New York socialist. Uh, the uh-huh. doomsday countdown clock has been updated. Yeah, it's been reset. It's 8.8 years now and the mm-hmm. until the end of time, by the way. Okay. You know, it was 12 years. We don't do something about it. So my question is, why are people so concerned? We don't have to worry about it, do we? We're not going to be around to have to pay for anything because we're not going to erect, you know, 200 years is not going to go backwards that quickly. So my message to you today is get your affairs right. Have everything in line. Get ready to go because you only got 8.8 years left. Well, you could take David's line. He's got advice for everybody, and this is ongoing. Which what do you is, need to do? Well, it's, I think it starts with the crisis garden. Oh, well, obviously, yeah. You plant the crisis garden, buy guns and ammo, and get right with Jesus. There you That's go. It. That's a bumper sticker. By the way, before you move off of AOC, yeah, well, and she's it's your bit. Beating the ground, yeah, on this thing, yes. Because she's also saying Biden needs to move farther left. That's his problem right now as far as the polling. <laughs> Who doesn't He's not know far that, though? left enough. Oh, my that. gosh. We know that. And Piers Morgan was asked about it. And he said something that I thought sounded like something you might say or at least appreciate, Scott. All right. You want it? Yep. Okay. Well, I, I just think if you were thinking of how things could possibly get worse for Joe Biden, it would be to embrace AOC with that annoying, squeaky voice, which makes me want to feel like I want to grate my head against a cheese grater. <laughs> Does that sound like a Robin's quote or not, David? Yeah, well, yes, it, it is. A little bit. I, I still find him to be very annoying. Well, I... I'm not saying, and I don't think Scott's is. Didn't Fox just hire him? By the I way, think so yeah, yeah, yes, he did. I mean, he's going to be one of the guys now. I think so. Yeah, but but not on the regular network. Is that right? Is that online only? Could be. I'm not sure. Could be. I would say Fox Nation right now doing much better than CNN Plus. Who's <laughs> They're gonna, already calling. Did for you layoffs. see that? They're yes. going to lay people off in May. Grand opening. Grand closing, man. Yeah. And there, and if you get it, by the way, if you subscribe to it today, fifty percent off. Forever. <laughs> it is. It's forever. In perpetuity, as long as it lasts, you get 50% off the price. The countdown doesn't stop till we reach the top. It's the Scott it's Robbins like trifecta. It's like they're giving it away. His top three stories of the day. Yes. And finally, yes. one. Uh, Jim Carrey, went off. Well, he went after the audience of the Oscars. You know, I, this surprised me. He's a kook. I mean, he's a, he yeah. is. He's a nut. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, I dismiss him as just being nutty, right? Yeah. But this time, I think he makes a great point. Uh, he slams the spineless, his words, Oscars audience for Will Smith's standing ovation. Yeah, he had a lot to say about yes, this. Yes, he did. I was sickened. I was sickened by the standing ovation. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, en masse. And uh, it just... It really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that uh, we're not the cool club anymore. Yeah, he went on to say, if it were him, 
he would sue Will Smith for $200 million. Yes. Because that video is out there forever. Oh, yeah. It, it will be shown until the end of their lives. No doubt about it. Who's going to get a major motion picture first, Jim Carrey or Will Smith? Well, we had the bet from earlier. Yeah. You're yeah. just joining us. And that bet is that Will Smith will be in a major motion picture in a release within the next year. Within a year. Because you're saying he's done. I'm saying it's going to be a hard road. Well, first you said done. Well, I do think he's done. And that strong take got taken back to, well, for a while. You know, I'm walking things back all the time, Jamie. Seems to be the thing to do. <laughs> and there you have it. There you go. And that is the trifecta. I only got eight and a half years left. I'm going to go ahead and just be irresponsible as hell from here on out. Eight years is a while. I mean, it really is. You sure? Usually before you get too nuts, they wait till it's like a three-year thing. But if you want to go that way, it's fine. I'll just start the groundwork now. All right. Uh, quick question before uh, we move on as we end up the trifecta. I'd like to do a contest every once in a while just to see who comes closest. Oh, this are, these are fun. Yeah. Um, in the last year, how many drivers have flipped someone else off by percentage? Oh, my. Uh, 40%. 52%. And the winner goes to David. Oh, man. It's 21%. They're lying. No. Not everybody's as angry as you are, Scott. See, that's that's part of it, isn't it? I've been There's the recipient at least 40% of the time. Well, anyone that's ridden with you, I'm not going to say it. Don't say it. I won't say it. Won't. It's really been an honor for me. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we still have Nimrods, the news to get to, and a news update. You cut people off, and you tailgate. Goodbye. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Keep them coming, David Van Camp. Another news update. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're still, I guess, seeing a lot of progressive cities trying to, quote, unquote, do the work, right, when it comes to uh, community and police relations and whatnot, right? Oh, boy. But a lot of major cities that tried to defund the police in whole or in part, are yes. finding that, we don't want no more police. Are, exactly. Yeah, we know. Are finding that, well, the people who were saying that goes against common sense completely were actually right and not a bunch of just raging racists, right? Correct. Now, it's very interesting here. This actually predates by a couple of years the mostly peaceful riots in Portland. But uh, the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler is proposing a two-month hiatus for the Community Police Oversight Committee. Why? Well, because they're having trouble filling vacancies. <laughs> Surprise to no one. So basically you have this panel that was set up uh, four years ago or so, uh, and they were supposed to be providing oversight of the police, community members, people invested in the cause, right? Well, except... 
they've only been able to staff it by about, well, seven out of 13 board members. Uh, and nobody is actually available to run it because there are actual problems that need to be solved in the city of Portland, and they don't want to devote resources to this thing that's supposed to make a handful of activists feel better about themselves. Yeah. I can remember when cops from Portland, and this dates back, well, years now, would talk about the situation they were in. It was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying over and over at the time, who would stay in this job? I mean, it's admirable and all of that, but you're fighting such an uphill battle and you can't even do your job. Right. And it, no one was surprised when people are leaving right and left. And then it was like all these other cities followed. It it has been crazy, but I think we're starting to realize actually what's going on. And David, you said it earlier in the show, and it sounds nuts to a lot of people, but it's a full court press on Marxism from the powers that be. Yeah. Well, it fundamentally changed the country. It's a, it's a religion of destruction that is meant to then rebuild in a way that they see fit. That's that's it. Yeah. Well, in this out of Florida today, two LGBTQ activist groups are suing the state of Florida over the parental rights and education law. That, I love it. Make because that, all of this will come to light, right? Make that the hill to die on, okay? Make that. Stand your ground right now, activist class. Do it. Tell America that what you want to do is have adults talk to children about sex without telling their ch their parents. Correct. Because, and this is an AP story, uh, story reporting the Equality Florida and the Family Equality uh, Group filed the suit in federal court alleging that the law violates the constitutionally protected rights of free speech, equal protection, and due process of students oh. and families. Oh, well. Okay, then. Uh, introducing prayer in school. Right. We'll see how that Seriously. Goes. I know. This will be fascinating. we got to get to Nimrods. Roll it out. Let's do this. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, man. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's the news. Go to Ohio. 22-year-old dude walking down the street Sunday night. This is in Warren, about 50 miles outside of Cleveland. Guy in a ski mask walks up, robs him. The mugger asked the guy, hey, you drug dealer? Pulled a knife when he said no. Said, give me the money. So he gets 80 bucks. Before he leaves, and he has a bicycle, he's going to leave on the bike. It's like, hey. You pinky promise me you won't call the cops? What? Yeah, would you pinky promise me that you won't call the cops? What are you going to do in that situation when the other dude has a knife? Mm -hmm. Say, no, I'm not going to pinky promise. <laughs> I'm going to be extending a pinky. Yes. The dude said, uh, sure. So they pinky promise. But of course, he didn't keep the promise. Really? No. Hmm. He called the cops. But, you know. Since he was wearing the ski mask, the cops don't have much to go on. They haven't found him yet. Well, it was safety first. But, uh, well, yes, of course. Um, some people said I should use this on Nimrods in the news. One in four pet owners have created social media accounts for their pets. You agree? That's a Nimrod? Yeah. 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 Okay. All in agreement. And that's Nimrods in the news.